All right, we got a lot of info. Let's go for it. A year to pet. <laughs> already fucked up. A year from now is an independent podcast with a strange rollout. Basically, it's a pay-as-you-go model. I make five or six episodes, then gather some more money so I can take time off to make the next five or six episodes. Each batch requires about two thousand dollars to make. Basically, I take off work for a month, live like a hermit, and edit for about thirty days straight. Check the show's socials to see how much more money we need to make the next batch of episodes. I have 35 episodes planned and seven batches of them, and they are amazing stories. Beautiful people have given me so much to be able to learn from their experiences, all that stuff. So hit it up. Please help out. Thank you very much. Also, the music for this episode was done by Dawview, an online music improv game that I'm part of. You can find links in the show notes. And shit, I think that's it. This is Global Challenge. I'm Ivan Kong from Spoon, Spoon, Spoon. This is my buddy Spoon. An inmate at a California, California State Prison, Solano. He's out in California. He's been locked up for over 40 years because he killed someone. Hey, what's happening? Oh, nothing. Just walking home. This was recorded in September 2020. Good. The other interviews for the show I was telling you about. Remember, I interviewed yeah, I you about commutation for it. Yeah. I was hoping I could interview Spoon, and then a year later, actually over 40 years for him, he'd be released from prison. That'd be a good story, wouldn't it? But nothing. His commutation was denied by Gavin Newsom, other efforts were too. But then, two years later in 2022... Is that a hearing where, where they'll consider it and like... Based on new resentencing laws in California, Spoon can get his sentence knocked down from life without parole to one with parole. He'd probably be released because of time served. His hearing was in just over two weeks. Well, I mean, it's... We have 60 seconds remaining. Can't believe it's going up so quick. It's just um, two and a half weeks away. It blows me away that Spoon might get out of prison. A mutual friend of ours thinks that we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. The two weeks went by and his hearing was neutral. They requested more information from Spoon's original trial. I presume Spoon's legal proceedings will take many more months. Perhaps a year. But I don't really have that time because I'm planning on publishing this in a week. And it feels gross for me to publish this little bit without an answer. Will Spoon get his freedom? But maybe that grossness, that unsatisfied feeling, can be instructive. Maybe it should feel that way. Personally, I think it should feel worse. But for today's episode, Spoon will just help us introduce today's main story. It's about a woman who was in a relationship with someone who was locked up. Call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. This is from 2020. Um, tomorrow I'm interviewing this lady who had a relationship with someone who was locked up, right? And she got out and he just ditched her. Yeah, that's what a lot of guys do. Yeah. In this case... This woman, Ramona Rattler, 
was dating someone, was in a relationship with them. They were locked up in South Carolina. And when they finally got out, they left her. Spoon told me this happens a lot. How do you know that they ditched the, the person they've been corresponding with? Oh, some guys said that's what they're going to do anyway. And then, you know, other guys probably tend good organizations where people's girlfriends and wives uh, rally for them to get out of prison. And so when one of them, when they get out and they leave, you know, this is, that's where you get the data from, the statistics is from that. <laughs> that's why I said it's better to be friends. You need a friend, I'm, I'll be a friend. Better to have friends. Yeah. In these situations. You have 60 seconds remaining. But some of them are genuine, though. Some of them are genuine. A lot of them are genuine, but not today's story. All right, bro. All right, peace. Have a good one. Ramona Radler is in her 60s. She lives in southwest Minnesota and manages a trailer park. When I told my friend about her, she didn't think that she was real. I think it's her name, Ramona Radler. Hello? Hi, Ramona. This is Matthew Schneeman from a year Hello. from now. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, Ramona. This is Matthew Schneeman. Hi. Hi. My name is Ramona Rattler. I'm in Pipestone, Minnesota, right on the border of South Dakota. What's yeah. Pipestone known for? Indian pipes. Um, we have a, a, a quarry here. Pipestone seems kind of interesting, but I was curious about something else. You were wondering about the gentleman in South Carolina that walked away after he got out. Just kind of trying to get life back in order. Ramona is married, but separated. How's he doing? Does he stay involved in you and your kids' lives? Sure. I see him on a daily basis. And he does the maintenance work for me. He had a drug problem. Same drugs? No. Well, crack. Crack. Yeah, when we lived in Minneapolis. Ramona takes care of two of her grandkids who have autism. She manages the trailer park, so she's surrounded by people. But, of course, that doesn't mean she isn't lonely. Her son has been in and out of prisons, and so she would correspond with some of his friends. And then she became pen pals with other people who were locked up. And then the one in South Carolina that I spent nine years with, you know, started out as just a pen pal. And then it kind of supposedly resolved uh, a relationship until a couple months ago he had a heart attack at christmas so and with this virus he got out on a medical okay so was it just early release he's on parole he has a ankle bracelet on he had to go to his sisters in texas but it was like from the minute he got out then it's like he no longer wanted anything to do with me and when I asked him about it, he said he just wants to live and be happy. Well, there's, you know. there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but... <laughs> well, no, but, you know, I here I had spent nine years, you know, with him telling me we're having a relationship. Mm -hmm. Just to all of a sudden, when he gets out, 
oh, it's over with, we can be friends, you know, one of his responses was, well, I don't think I can do a long distance relationship. You were in South Carolina to begin with, and that was long distance. <laughs> it's like, I really listen to what people say. Yeah, yeah. Even though they probably don't think I do. Ramona's life in Pipestone isn't bad, but it is difficult. She takes care of her two grandkids who have autism. She manages a trailer park. And her son, who you'll meet, has a lot going on. So I imagine her relationship with this guy makes sense in a way. Someone far away from the stresses of her life, but also understands it. It was maybe three or four months in mm-hmm. that he started with I love you and that type of thing. And he got to know my, my I have custody of one of my grandkids mm-hmm. that has autism. He kind of, you know, would ask how they're doing and how I'm doing and... Yeah. Know, just progressed. Do you think it's possible for him to have been sincere, but also just be two things? And I, he probably was sincere to begin with mm-hmm. until he got his freedom. You know, we had also over the years discussed, you know, if he wanted his freedom, then he needed to be honest and say it. We can be pretty judgmental, but I think if we're honest, many of us can relate to being in relationships that we shouldn't have been in, staying in them. I may be talking about myself. I may have done a piece on that, (laughs) staying in a relationship when it wasn't the best thing to do. This story is a little bit more heightened. Uh, Prison is a pressure cooker. I'm not sure how this guy would have acted if he had his full humanity and freedom. Hopefully, he wouldn't have been misleading. When was the the last communication you had with him? Um, about three weeks ago. I asked him why he led me along for so many years. You know, I he wasted nine years of my life, in which I'm now 61. So I was only in my early 50s, and all his his only response was he wants to be happy. Leave him alone. This guy wants to be left alone, we'll leave him alone. The rest of Ramona's life is very interesting. How's your son doing? How long has he been out? Um, He's not out. He was out for a little while, long enough to have a baby. Son has um, bipolar 1 schizophrenic, refuses to take meds, and does the meth on top of it. Mm. So... Actually, he's actually lucky to be alive. He took the girlfriend's car, flipped it on the interstate doing 90, doing meth, took off into a field and stripped his clothes in the wintertime with it being one below. We are and from they Minnesota. They found him because he kept a hold of his phone. He was just able to track the phone? Yep. That's the only way they found him or he would have died. An inmate at the McDurphy State Prison. But is he doing okay now? He still has strange thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for using GTL. Hello. Hey, Jermaine, how you doing? I'm all right, how are you? This is Jermaine, Ramona's son. I'm 37 years old. 37, so we're kind of peers. I'm 35. I asked him about the snow story. Out in the snow, like by a highway. Is, yeah. is that true? Yeah, I was up for like a day and a half. I wasn't up for very long. 
Um, everybody was telling me I need to go to bed, I need to go to bed, I need to go to bed, I need to take medicine, I need to take medicine. So I finally popped two Xanax and then I went to the, I walked to a friend's house, I went to the barber shop and that's all I remember. He took his girlfriend's car, she reported it stolen, he crashed it, ended up in a field. I ended up taking my jacket off and making like a little dent in a snowbank and curling up in it and going to sleep. Ramona says that because he still had his cell phone, the cops were able to trace him and they found him before he froze. I'm not being hyperbolic. Ramona says it was zero degrees, but even if it was warmer, she says he was naked. He said he was undressed. Whatever. It was the winter. You have a bipolar 2, is that correct? I've been diagnosed with it. Yeah, do you not agree with it? The diagnosis? No, I don't agree with it. Jermaine doesn't accept the diagnosis, but he does have symptoms and experiences that are very much like bipolar disorder, especially grandiose thinking. Another similarity is the lack of a pharmacological treatment. So... Was he ever on meds at a time? Do, do... When he was younger, the meds back then didn't do much except for make him sleepy all the time. Mm. So then he felt like he couldn't function at all because all he wanted to do was sleep. Bipolar disorder is very strange because some people with it have tremendously beautiful experiences. And often the only treatment is to mute and dull the person's life with meds. So the trade-off is staggering. They said that I'm bipolar too because of my grandiose, however you say it, my thinking. I would tell people that I'm a god. There's a god inside of me. I'll tell you what happened to me. I was, I just got out of prison. I was in the best shape of my life. I mean, six pack the whole nine yards. And I was working and I got my own place. I got a trailer. One night, drinking, talking to my homeboy and a cat walked into my trailer. I was like, damn, that's a, that's a gangster ass cat. And he was like, I'll go get it. I was like, leave with it. And he was like, no, nah, I'm gonna go get it. He went in there and he grabbed it, went into the gravel road and hit the ground and took off running. Well, later on that night, when I was sitting in my place alone, that same cat came walking back into my place. I, I pulled some chicken off the phone and gave it to it. And uh, I was on my phone on POS, texting girls on POS, and my phone, my phone flashed white. My TV did the same thing. The YouTube screen split it in two. It lime green letters, it floated together, and it said, go to the cat. So I went down to the cat, and I started breathing with the cat. Started breathing with the cat. And then I inhaled deep and exhaled. And inhale deeper and exhale. And the cat, the cat was making this crazy noise. And I started saying things like, I want all the money, all the jewels, all the land, the power, no fame. I started saying crazy things like that while I was doing it. And while I was in between that, I was breathing real hard and stuff. The cat, and it started turning its head and trying to go into my mouth. <laughs> I stopped and I asked it, like, are you trying to kill me? Until somebody knocked on my door. And when dude knocked on my door, I was growling. Like that. He jumped behind his girlfriend and I went out into a grove and climbed to the top of a tree like it was nothing and sat in there. And I got the notion to jump out of the tree and I followed the light. And I went underground in it and burst up through the ground, following the light on a course all the way out into the country into the shadow. Ever since then, I believe that 
let that cat breathe the spirit of a God into me. It sounds crazy, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> I did an episode on epilepsy, a condition that since ancient times has been linked to divinity, but I think bipolar is a much better candidate. It's just that people with bipolar can be annoying. They can be loud. They say they've had these experiences that we normal people haven't and can't, and I think we resent people with bipolar for that. Epileptics are mostly unconscious during their seizures, and the rest of us get to project our ideas onto them. We get to declare which God they're talking to, but people with bipolar, they're saying, I talk to God. It's a different force that you, know, you, won't, you, can never, you can't understand it. I am a God. Think Kanye West. It's actually one of the names of his songs. <laughs> what does it feel like to know that uh, what you say, I'm not going to believe that it actually happened. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> like, right. like, oh yeah, this dude, cool he went through something, you know? And I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's not for everybody to know. And there's a reason why people, people shun it. Before my son went in this time, um, he didn't even know who I was standing in my kitchen. So that was scary. That is really scary. And he thought the two grandkids that live with me, um, that the, the girl was possessed by an evil demon and the boy wasn't. So I would sit up most nights not getting much sleep worried whether he was going to do something to kill the little girl thinking he was killing the demon that's not something that's in a lot of baby books for when you're raising your kids <laughs> no it's not Ramona's life sounds isolating there are mental barriers at time between her and her son Jermaine one of her granddaughters is nonverbal. And as the manager of a trailer park, she has to bother people about rent and upkeep. So her story, Will Ramona Find Companionship in Her Third Act, it isn't quite the fluff piece, the rom-com, that I kind of thought when I started this. Maybe in a year, maybe I'll find somebody, but that does I'm not necessarily looking right at the moment. If you were, what would you be looking for? Kind and quiet. Like to work because yeah. I work a lot between the kids and the trailer park. I pretty much work 24 7. You seem like a tough lady. So a year from now, I don't think you'll be too broken up about this South Carolina. Gentleman. Probably not. But do you have any other hopes? Do you want to be in a, a new relationship? Do you have any? Hopefully, um, you said that you're getting older, but you're not that old. Well, I've had nine heart attacks, so. <laughs> okay. I'll let you speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nine heart attacks is quite a few. Yes, I'm sorry to hear that. And I still have one um, artery that's 60% blocked, so I'm waiting for the, another one to get it fixed. I have to have another heart attack before they'll fix it. Do you do you worry about dying? Because you have... You know, you're you're pretty solid no. for some people, though. You got your grandkids. I don't worry about dying. Yeah. You think? How much you can do if you die? 
Well, I'm, I'm mostly thinking of the people that you take care of. So. Well, yeah, but somebody else will have to do it then. <laughs> Are you worried no. about her health? Yeah, I am. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> she told me. She said something like, you know, if I die, I die, whatever. I take care of the grandkids. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Someone else will take care of them. Yeah, I am. Um, who knows what happened with the South Carolina guy, but I hope. Well, he's got 18 months stuck in the house at his sister's, so. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. You might you might be getting some texts in in a little bit from a bored, uh, sad, lonely man. So I I wish you strength to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those interviews were from 2020. A lot has happened since then. Montage. Uh, Kobe Bryant dies. I started making yogurt with an Instapot. I wonder how long the for the jump cut sound will be relevant. Because it's like it's part of technology from like the 90s. Ireland's Sinn Féin. Is that how you pronounce that? party comes to power. Snoop Dogg. Hello? Hey, Ramona, this is Matthew Schneeman, the journalist. Hi. Yeah, are you good to talk now? Sure. Ramona Rattler, two years later. I ended up with COVID. And yeah. Then COVID, COVID-related pneumonia, and then a sinus infection, and then my blood sugars went totally out of whack. And I just got them down because they started me on insulin. Okay. And, and so you had diabetes before? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So you, you're trying it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sampling it, right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was news to me. This is from the CDC's website. SARS-CoV-2 infection is associated with worsening of diabetes symptoms. Infection might also induce newly diagnosed diabetes. Yeah. So well, you've got the variety pack of um, uh, you've had how many? Nine ten heart attacks? Heart. Ten. Is, is I've that, had ten. Is that an update from last year? Yeah. So you had one in the past year and a half. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, depending on the perspective, you're either... You, you almost sound tough um, being able to. <laughs> I talked to Jermaine once or twice and then uh -huh. he got out. Yeah. How long did that last? A <laughs> couple of months. He yeah. uses meth because he uses the meth. When I talked to Jermaine, he was pretty optimistic. He said he was getting his stuff together. He was said he was learning um, some prefabs. Well, um, he got a welding certificate. I know that. Yeah. But never got a job as a welder. I mean, I thought he was doing good. And then I took him. I was in South Dakota, Sioux Falls. So I took him to a job interview. And he walked in and walked right back out talking about the people were talking about him. And I knew he was high at that point. The South Carolina guy? 
the guy who led her on and dropped her once he got out? Yep, and I haven't talked to him since he got out. Not at all. He I didn't ta- reach out. I talked to him for a couple months, and but every time he'd call, it was just, uh, "Well, how do I do this?" And he wanted me to explain how to do something. <laughs> just tech support. Yeah. Okay. Well. All right. I was used. You know, it's like, okay, bye, and go on. Mm-hmm. I stay busy a lot. You know, I manage the trailer park still. Your uh, your husband doesn't live um, with you, right? He, he, but he lives in the trailer park? He lives in the trailer park. Yeah, he's the handyman. Yeah, well... <laughs> kind of handyman? <laughs> no, this... Uh, about a month ago... He went in to start the furnace so we could go in and clean out the trailer because, mm-hmm. you know, people leave all kinds of garbage and stuff. I had to call the fire department. The whole thing burnt up. And at the end of our conversation last time, I was asking if you're looking for anyone. You said, you're not looking, but if you found someone, it would be nice. And I said, what type of person? And you said... Something like a quiet person who kind works and quiet. hard. Like to work. Hard. Um, is that Ed? Ed's the name of her husband whom she's separated from. But is he the hiding in plain sight person to end our rom-com with? Is he the one? Has he always been there? <laughs> yeah, they do everything together. They, she wakes up in the morning, goes and gets him. They go to their thing for the day. She comes home. They, he eats. They're, they're together. He just goes home and sleeps at night. <laughs> so, is he the one? Ed would be great if he didn't have the addiction part. Oh, he's because still he switched. Oh, he switched from drugs to gambling. Oh, <laughs> that's why I control the money. But somebody similar to him as far as person, you know, his <laughs> other parts of his personality, you know, and he does work hard. We're not going to have a ready-made happy ending, but we do have an ending. No joke, a couple moments ago, as I was editing this, Spoon, from the beginning of this episode, my friend who's locked up in California, called me. Yeah, I'm I'm actually editing an episode that I had an introduction with you on it. I knew that. Why you think I called? Yeah, it was two years ago, 2020. Do you remember I asked you about there was this lady who was dating someone who was locked up, and when he got out, he dumped her? Yeah, it was full of shit. See, that's why I make friends. I said, I make friends because um, I'm in an unnatural environment. The promise is made in an unnatural environment. Nine times out of ten do not come true. I don't know the actual stats. I don't know if someone's even assembled them. But it certainly isn't impossible to fall in love with someone who's in prison. I've done stories on it. But prison relationships obviously are complicated. It's like having a tree growing out of concrete. He's saying being in prison is unnatural emotionally. Makes people act weird. Well, that's interesting. Yes, I'm an interesting person. <laughs> hey, 
Um, right now I'm just wrapping it up. So this lady, she got dumped by that guy two years ago. She never really found love, it sounds like. So it's it's kind of a sad ending. I don't know. Give us a happy ending. Is there a happy ending? I don't Well, let's, yeah. let's see if you can walk the walk. So in the very beginning of the episode, we were hoping that you'd get commu- commuted by now. And that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. That's not a happy ending. How do we... Uh, the weird thing about happy endings is you don't need them to be happy. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll picture that in my head of you sitting down in twin easy chairs watching season 29 of Naked and the Fray with a nice person <laughs> holding your hand. we want to have an ending we narrativize things it's one way that we think about the world it helps us plan and organize society endings are nice but you don't really get them with love you don't really get them anywhere but we want an ending it's a nice button so As an act of generosity, I will give you an ending. Here you go. Thanks for listening to A Year From Now. The show is independent. Please support us. Link in show notes. We need your support. That's just the credits. All the music from this was part of Daw View, a musical improv collective that I'm part of. You can find a link to that show. It's a YouTube show in the episode summaries. The special musical guest was... Kenneth Casey Sawyer at the dumbest dog on Instagram. He's a film editor, uh, but also can do music. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, thanks, Casey. Thank you all for listening. I wish you all happiness and all that. And I'll see you next year. It's a little treat. Jermaine, Ramona's son, is a rapper. There was one more song that it, it sums everything that we've talked about. I'll, I'll slow it down so you can understand because I rap fast. <laughs> it goes, you know, think about back in the day when the U.S. 95, just a little nigga smoking on Reggie, no kind, sipping on oatmeal, and busting on hoes. I like, I'll step to any nigga want to fight with the light, no one stepping on nice lights, skating on ice. I'm trying to get it right. Now that I'm out here ducking the beast, I could really give a fuck at the streets. Call for a nigga to bleed. I'm doing what I gotta do to achieve. My biggest dream is to water my feet and spend time with mine before it's over. Before I found him, on my shoulder was an angel of light. I can't find when I'm sober. I was crying all sober. I'm a crying, I'm hoping that I make it up to sell. I was facing zero to 25 to one of five bands for my bill. But I prevail. God pulled me out of hell and put me in a position to be a poet. I ain't never looking back. I'm doing things I never knew I could do sober. I'ma call y'all niggas raw, cause the way y'all be acting like bros. Nigga, I'm the cause and effect, those coming up, they draws, you get lost, I ain't with using the tech, but I got 11 violence, I only off from using my paws, I deserve a round of applause, for really putting work in on bitch niggas' jaws. Similar to Psalms, chapter 3, verse 7, on my mama, y'all need to read Psalms. That's it. That's what I wanted you to hear, and I want other people to hear. That's God's will.